for when we go live. Hey, Bill, let us know when we go live. Yeah, I can't see you because I'm on the Facebook page right now. I'm going to try to uh, find it. My hair doesn't look as good as Joe's does, man. What the fuck, man? Listen, How are you getting a haircut, Joe? What are you doing? Listen, you know what I did? It's hysterical. I got to show you the video. I'm going to send it to you. Remember that Reservoir Dog scene where they end up, how he has the cop and Mike Madsen is doing the dance and he cuts his hair off? Yeah. We did the exact same thing. My girlfriend was walking around with the, the clippers. All right, you guys, you're live. You're live. We're live. We are officially live. We're live. What's up, everybody? Hello. And welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm here with my co-host, uh, my partner in all things law enforcement, Bill Cannon. What's up, Yo, Bill? You know, it's strange. We're doing more of these shows. We haven't been back in the studio since the beginning of March. So this is in our studio, Zoom, you know? Yeah, but it's coming, though. It's coming. We're, We're very back. close. We're very yeah, close. Like and the studio. Uh, we have a special guest. Uh, he's a retired NYPD. Uh, did you, you were you, a, you, you were a detective, right? No, a police officer. Once I knocked out the detective, they said, you're not getting promoted. All right. So I thought, I thought maybe you got promoted for knocking him out. Uh, no. no, he was a retired New York city police officer. While he was on the job, he got his law degree. He's be, uh, he's been a lawyer ever since he has a, a very thriving practice right there on Queens Boulevard at a Queens criminal, uh, right by the Queens criminal court. If you ever get jammed up, you get in trouble. You need a good lawyer. The guy you want to call is my, uh, our guest today, Joe Murray. Hello fellas. Joe Murray also ran for Queens DA. He had a very successful campaign. And, um, you know, he's on the forefront right now because right, uh, you're in the middle of, uh, basically suing our governor, Andrew Cuomo. Mm -hmm. That's right. What's the, Joe? What's just so we know? What are the grounds for this uh, lawsuit against the governor? Well, uh, the lawsuit is is twofold. We have what we call state defendants and federal defendants. The state defendants are the governor uh, because of his executive orders. We believe are unconstitutional. They're an overreach. I'll get into that. There's a lot of good stuff that we found that we're attacking him on. And then we have the federal defendants because my client, uh, the plaintiff who owns this club, it's a strip club, they're ineligible to receive any of that CARES Act PPP money. So- it, Hey, these strippers gotta eat too, man. I couldn't hear you. I said the strippers gotta eat too. Listen, you know, and it's not just strippers. I mean, they got, Bartenders, managers, security, like this. Yeah, I know. I just, I'm sorry. I just care about the strippers. I want to make sure. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I saw something that there's some, you know, like Uber Eats. They have something called Boober Eats, where the strippers, because they can't work in a club, are now doing delivery of food in their outfits. Is that oh, that's great, man? That's a great idea. Uh, approach. That's right? real American innovation. There you go. Right. Yeah, really, we're a relentless bunch. <laughs> so Uber Eats. We're going after the federal government, Steve Mnuchin, the Secretary of Treasury, the SBA, because they have these archaic rules that don't allow 
Wait a minute. You're, you're, he's involved in it? This no, thing? no, the Small Business Administration. That's it's the Small Business Administration. Not the Sergeant's Benevolent Association. Let's <laughs> make that clear. What I'm saying is the Steve Mnuchin, the guy uh, uh, from, you know, under Trump over there, he's, he's the guy that's involved in this too? Only because, you know, of his position. He really has nothing to do with it and it, it won't affect him. It's really that the SBA regulations that we're going after. But you have to you know, name everyone. But Joe, you have some history with the governor too, didn't he sue you when you were a cop? I do. I have a, a very unique history, and I just can't wait till this thing, you know, kicks into. Well, high maybe if they put both Cuomo brothers in the gym, you can knock them both out. <laughs> so yeah, it was back in. Think, uh, what happens right now? I mean, take <laughs> us through uh, what what happens right now. So collectively, you've joined forces with. Uh, well, I guess you got hired as the attorney for the strip club. Well, I have an office in the back there, so I, I have an interest to, to get it to open. Uh -huh. Only. <laughs> no, You've but never been in a strip club before, have you, Joe? <laughs> no, never. Never, right? No, he's such a great guy, the guy that owns this club. We work out together. We train together. He broke my nose, sparring, uh, tough guy. Um well, he's a hard worker and you know he's had this club since 97 he put a lot into it and he's just now falling apart because obviously the carrying costs the rent the insurance that all has to be paid joe let me ask you let me ask you something quick look obviously we're in that age group maybe we're a little more at risk to get the coronavirus than younger people well why has it become so political why is the left want to stay shut forever and the right wants to open up right now I think, and this is my opinion, I think it has to be the election. They have tried every possible way to unseat this president, and they've been unsuccessful. So I think they're doing this just to affect the election, to prevent the campaigning. I mean, you look at Biden, he's hiding his his basement and he's gaining in the polls somehow. I, I, I have no yeah, idea. Yeah, but that's, that's false polls, because yeah. we did the same thing the last time. So what... If I get this correctly, you believe that um, the Democrats are willing to destroy our economy and people's livelihood uh, and destroy business, small business, altogether throughout the country just so they win this election coming up? In yes. The I, I say that without hesitation. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I've never seen, you guys, you know, feel free to comment. Have you ever seen so much vitriol and, and hate for a president. Like, it's not like oh, we have a choice and we're gonna choose and who do I like better? It's either you like him or you hate him. I've never seen politics so bad yeah. it is today. I mean, have you? And the fact that they're willing to elect a guy with un that has onset of dementia and they're, really, they're willing to elect him. Well, I mean, I have a theory on that, by the way. I don't think he's gonna make it to the end. And I think yeah. they're going to have to come up. They're going to figure out a way. Either he bows out, um, you know, because he he's going to admit that he's not fit, and then uh, they're going to sneak in another candidate. And I I even had this idea that uh, Cuomo was probably the guy who might be touted to jump in at the very very end because this way you can't do too much scrutiny on somebody's background. There's a reason at the last why, minute like that. Yeah. There's, there's a reason why this guy has a run for president. And he's been governor of New York for fucking 10 years. You know what I'm saying? He's got yeah. something there 
that'll come out on the next level, but you'll never yeah. you'll never be able to get to it. You won't be able to get to it. He has something called the record. <laughs> he has but a record. Won't be able His to... record as governor sucks. So, <laughs> but everyone, everyone thinks he's a brilliant PowerPoint presenter, you know? I just can't. He won't be able to be completely vetted uh, in that short amount of time. And I guarantee you, this is another crazy theory. You can, <laughs> if you believe me or not, but I have a feeling like his running mate is going to be uh, Michelle Obama. And that's going to be the ticket. That's what they're hoping for. Now, if you if you follow me on that, that train of thought, then that's why we're already, you know, um, creating this scenario with what happened here in New York with uh, the nursing homes and the deaths that happened there and the incompetence between not knowing where your ventilators are and who's stealing your face masks. And right. if that is the person that they wanted, I also have another, follow me one more time. I have a feeling like he's, uh, I forget the word right now, but let's just say Patsy, like he's the guy that they're showing the Democrats that they might want, but they really have somebody else. Right. Right. So we're going to just, that's why they're not really trying to destroy Cuomo too bad right now. It's coming out bits and pieces, but I have a feeling like there's somebody in the wings. It might even be Bernie Sanders that they pull out right at the very end. Wow. You know, and this whole time they're talking about how he's going to behave himself and recreate himself. And he's not going to yeah. be quite the socialist he was. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just sound crazy. What I said, it's not crazy. It's not crazy. I mean, I, I think, you know, I can see that path, you know, that that's where they're at. And, and it's so sad in the United States of America that we are so polarized. And I think this president is doing a great job and he's uncovered so much corruption and misconduct in the government. You know, I, I think he's taking on all, all the big issues that I thought were important, the foreign trade and the you know, the border and immigration. So I mean, I think it's a great opportunity right now if he can win this next election to save us because we're in trouble. Yeah. Our civil rights and our freedoms. You know, remember we were on the job. There was constantly protests and the ACLU. They would come out and support the KKK. And, you know, they have a right to march just like everyone else. Where are they? There are 175,000 lawyers in New York State. Where are they? Why isn't anyone filing these challenges to, to what's happening? Well, Shakespeare said disagree. No, Shakespeare said to kill all the lawyers. Maybe they did. <laughs> no, but I mean, come on. We all don't agree. So the people that disagree should voice their concern and take action. You know, like my, my client, you know, the two of us are uh, actually Peter Crusco. I don't know if you know Pete. He was the executive ADA in charge of uh, investigations in Queens. Great guy, sharp lawyer. He jumped in on this with me and, and uh, I feel pretty good about it. We have a lot of good stuff and I'm happy to, to share it with you. But Joe, is it is it a much bigger case than this strip club? It's, it's issues saying like, for example, once you lose a right or once the government can intrude on you, they don't give that back to you. That's forever, right? They're reluctant to give it back to you, but, you know, that's our job, you know, as we the people, it's our government. We have to make it happen. If we sit back on our hands, they'll do what they want. 
That's why we, we have to go to the courts and we have to push, you know, push back. When, when do you think, um, do you think this was, uh, how far back do you think this goes? Like this idea of, you know what, we could really destroy this economy so bad that he's not going to be able to use that as a platform. You know, that's all we kept hearing is, all right, the economy, the economy, the economy. I'm sure that's what their whole thing was. We have to upset this economy somehow, some way. Otherwise, he's going to be elected. So do you think that um, people will forget how good the economy was? Is that the idea that it'll be so bad? I'm, I'm a little concerned because I, I, I haven't applied for any of that money. I'm actually working. So, uh, but I've been hearing from a lot of people that they get unemployment from the state, they get the federal money, that some of them are doing better than they did when they were Oh, working. a lot of them. They don't want to go back to work. Yeah. That's a scary thing. They don't want to go back. The businesses are opening up. They're saying, come back. They're like, no, I'm scared. Everybody's freaking yeah, scared. I'm scared to go funny. back. You know what I, Joe, you know what I thought was funny? 40% of all the people that live in Manhattan, they fled to their second homes. And that's why Manhattan's so empty. Because all the, all the rich people fled. And then the, the Hamptons and Montauk, they're like, oh, we don't want them there. It's all right to rape them during the summer. <laughs> but now they're there, right? It's all right to price gouge the shit out of them in the summer. But now they're here early. We don't want them here, you know? I mean, yeah. if you own a piece of property somewhere, you have every right to go there. But you got to, yeah. in the beginning, you should have picked a place and stay there. This thing yeah. about going back and forth and coming home on the weekends just to check the mail, you know what I'm saying? It's like, that was kind of, you know, kind of counterproductive. But then again, we're in a situation where it's um, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell that from all the politicians I mean, this freaking guy, they're all doing something. Most people that have money are going about their lives like nothing ever happened. You know, somebody had told me a story. I haven't yet been able to verify it. If I can, I'm going to get an affidavit to bring with me. That Cuomo, when he originally did the shutdown, he shut down, obviously, marinas were shut down. Well, he has a boat. And he went to go pick up his boat and they were at the marina and said, look, I'm sorry, we're closed. He goes, no, that's my boat. I want my boat. He's like, I know it's your boat, but I don't even have the people here to give it to you. Two days later, he opened up marinas. <laughs> hey, Joe, it was Bazzini all alone. It was Bazzini. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's good to be the king. Sonny got mad. We hit Bruno Tatai at 6 o'clock this morning. <laughs> Everybody, everybody got caught though. The, the one lady, uh, Chicago, getting a haircut. I think she's yeah. from Chicago. The other one had to get her nails done. Uh, yeah. It's uh, you know who, who's going, uh, whose family's traveling somewhere else. Thomas golfing. You know, at the I same know. Time, how great is that, right? <laughs> and Joe, at the same oh, yeah. time, they're emptying the jails and the prisons of the nonviolent guys. It, the PBA just sent out a tweet. One out of six of the shooters is a parolee, and one out of seven of parolees are the shooting victims. Here's the problem, though, Bill. This is what really drives me nuts. January 1st, the new no-cash-bail law came into effect. That meant that all of those enumerated charges, including Rob 2 and Bird 2, 
they all got released. You cannot ask for cash bail anymore on all those crimes, supposedly the nonviolent crimes. Right. So what was left in Rikers after January 1st? The violent criminal. Right. And now we're releasing them. And what really bugs me, and this is the lack of leadership, the Army Corps of Engineers came into the Javits Center in one week they created a thousand bed COVID hospital. We have so many empty jails on Rikers Island. You know, we were on the job, there were 20,000 inmates. Now they got four or five. Right. We went in there, refurbished one of those structures, made it a COVID inmate facility, and then take another one for the, for the, uh, the vulnerable population to right. isolate them. Why did they have to endanger us and release them? But oh, and then, the, Joe, the real violent ones is you could just have gladiator fights. Yeah. <laughs> hey, um, do you think that those, those people were released so they can vote? I mean, why, what, what, what's the sense of having them out other than the, I can't see any other reason? I, I, I got to tell you, during the campaign, the whole issue of closing Rikers Island was was ongoing, and I went down to the um, the uh, committee hearing where there were eight members of the city council would vote in the committee to send it to the full, full council. So they all voted yes, but when they vote, they have to explain their vote, and they get up and say how wonderful this is, but this is only the first step to ending all jails and all prisons because. Yeah. People don't belong in prison. People don't belong in cages. That was what they said. Yeah. And they went on and said, there's no such thing as criminals. He's a victim. <laughs> His victims need programs. They need hot cocoa and art classes. <laughs> gonna they need too much Tolstoy. <laughs> it, it, it blows my mind. I'm like, am I really listening to this? So... That's the plan. The plan has always been to empty these jets. Yeah. And I think they have to have some brain surgeons do some research on the brain of a liberal. You know, we had bail reform. Now we're going to have parole reform where there's a new bill in there that says as long as you have 15 years in and you're 55 years old, you're automatically parole eligible. Think about all of those widows every year they have every two years they have to go to the parole board to fight and oppose you know what the person that murdered their husband or father you know and now after 15 years they're going to have to start doing that and making that track hey, hey uh, let me ask you joe let's go back a little bit to this lawsuit that, that you're part of um right take me like uh how i know the wheels of justice move very slowly but take me through like like, what is the process of something like this? Now that you've collectively decided to draw up this lawsuit and it goes into court and it's now it's becomes public knowledge that you have a lawsuit, what, what happens after that? Okay, so what we're doing is we, we filed an amended complaint because I found some great issues that I have not seen anyone raise before, but I think they're, they're very good issues. So we file an amend, amended complaint on top of that, we're asking for a TRO, a temporary restraining order. That is gonna be decided right away. The judge looks at it on its merits and then we'll make a decision. And that temporary restraining order is 
for the for this uh, the, these businesses that are closed down and all these only other only for my client. It's only for my okay. client. I have to show the imminent harm that he's going to suffer, irreparable harm. Okay. If this is not reversed right away. Then the judge will put it out for for a week or two to have a hearing on it. Does the um, does the judge get like a folder with all the, the strippers' pictures in there so he can evaluate? <laughs> he really wants to keep this business out of. He actually asked for the surveillance footage to see if I was there. No. <laughs> yes, yeah, so... that would be helpful. You should put a little packet together <laughs> for him. maybe maybe he could get free access to their uh, their uh, fans only sites. You know what that is? No. Uh... Well, if, if uh, right now, like, like, let's say if you're on Instagram and you like an Instagram model, for example, and she's showing you, uh, you know, herself half naked. If you want to see the other half of her naked, then she has what's called the fans only. Ah, so you go over there and then it's from that point on, it's pay. I don't know how much it is. I've never done anything like that. Yeah, but you know a lot aware. about this, though. I mean, it's, he knows the hell of a lot too much about this shit. Uh, listen, I, I'm almost, I'm almost finished with face uh, with uh, you porn. So uh, <laughs> I'm like two hundred thousand videos away, and then I'm done with you porn, and then I might tap into it. But for right now, I still have a lot of stuff I got to get through. Right. Well, let me let me ask you one thing now, too. Yeah, a big thing uh, is with the police department is that. This social distancing thing and wearing masks, it's obviously not a law. So it's a, like an edict sort of from the governor and the mayor. And it's to ask the police to enforce that is is really an overreach, you know? Well, let me just clarify something because I, I haven't dealt with any cases in the city yet, but I have a colleague of mine who has. Uh, there were some protesters that were arrested and He's really done a great job working it up. There is an administrative code violation that was enacted that they're charging them with. It's a real statute. Right. It's not just- but just, just so the people don't know, administrative code is not a crime. It's not a misdemeanor. It's not, not a felony. Code, but it still has teeth. Right, it has teeth. But all, like we're oh, letting yes. people out of jails and prisons that committed crimes but we're going to lock people up for an administrative code for not wearing yeah, a mask. That's the absolute worst. I mean, it's we're outrageous. Violent offenders out, and we're locking up good people. I think they should get the ACLU to enforce this. <laughs> you know, I, you know? I got to tell you, in this country, and I try to, you know, being a lawyer, the law is based on logic. So you look for similar circumstances, you try to make comparable and analogous situations. So in this country, we're allowed to engage in high-risk behavior. If you want to go skydiving and jump out of an airplane, you can. It's very high risk. I've never done it. I don't really feel the urge to do it. But if somebody wants to, they can. Base jumping. Base jumping. These guys jump off of... Uh, right. Mark, Mark and I tell jokes at comedy clubs. That's a hazardous... <laughs> But you're it's not allowed. dangerous for him. It's more dangerous for me. He's a man better than me. Engage in, in hazardous, you know, activities. So the, the, the myth that they're putting forth with this whole shutdown is you're not allowed to engage in high-risk behavior. I, I, I dare anyone to say that that's the justification. You are allowed. And what I say to people who constantly tell me, 
you don't have a right to kill me. Like you're absolutely right, which is why you have a right to stay home or come out with the appropriate protection that you feel safe. Right. I don't have the virus. I've been tested. I am no threat to anyone. Why? I heard, I heard that the virus doesn't won't go in after lawyers. Joe, let me ask you a question. Do you wear a mask? I only because I am a lawyer. And the last thing I want to do is get arrested right now in the, in the midst of this case. I'll wear it where it's appropriate. If I'm in a large area, where, I don't have a mask. I have like a, uh, a scarf. Do you have that thing? Bandana. Could you grab it? So I'll just does it say ABA on the front? <laughs> because in my building, I have this this where I live, where there are a lot of older people, and I can see that it, you know, it's unsettling to them. So, so I I put my little bandana on. Oh shit! All you have to say is stick them up. Yeah. Hey, tell hey, tell me that you you have a Mustang waiting for you outside. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I do feel bad because a lot there are a lot of older and vulnerable people in my building. So why I don't think it's necessary and I don't have the virus and I'm healthy and fine, I want to give them that comfort because we get into the elevator together. No, it's reasonable. It's reasonable, especially under the circumstances. Right. And what we're talking about right now is semantics because yeah. you're supposed to try your best not only to protect yourself, but to not harm others. Right. Uh, but the problem becomes when, you know, you're harming others. Like uh, they keep saying this one saying when the the cure is worse than the the illness, I guess, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? So many people's lives are getting destroyed right now. And because they did the right thing and they trusted the government. And now it looks like, uh, the you know, several states, I mean, not several, but uh, a, lot, a lot of states are choosing to, uh, oh, uh, like you said, overreach, government overreach. It seems, seems like they're just trying to destroy it for no reason. I mean, the case law, going back to other quarantines because of epidemics, the case law is that you have a right, the government has a right to quarantine someone who is sick, to isolate them and keep them away to protect the rest of the population. That's appropriate. I wouldn't fight that. But to now, in the United States, the last time I looked at the CDC, I think it was 1.3 or 1.4 million people had it, have it, recovered from it, had the virus, right? There's 328 million people. What about the other 327 healthy people, 127 million healthy people? Why would, do have to suffer for this? I read somewhere that it's... Uh... You need like 60 or 70% of the population to have been infected for this thing to die. So the uh, the uh, the isolation thing at this point right now is counterproductive. The idea was to flatten the curve until the hospitals caught up. And now they're caught up. You know, the guy from, uh, I'm just regurgitating what the guy from Barstool said, but he made a lot of sense, by the way. And uh, if you haven't seen that video, you should be, uh, you should watch it. He makes a lot of sense. And at this point right now, it's what are we doing? If I went to a restaurant and I walk in and I see a rat or I see cockroaches 
or I see uh, an unhealthy eating environment, what I consider, I'm going to leave. Because right. I'm adult and I know what I'm doing. Right. So if you walk into a restaurant and nobody's practicing the social distancing or, you know, the waiters aren't wearing a mask, whatever you feel is appropriate, you could always leave. You don't have to eat there. That's what it means to be in a free country. You can get up and walk out and go somewhere else. And that's what's so shocking to me, why we can't do that. Well, what's shocking to me is the sheep, how everybody's become a sheep. They come out of... When has the government ever been better at doing something than we are outside of the military? You know what I mean? Everything they touch, they screw up. I know... But, but Joe, again, it comes back to why are people on the left thinking we should stay in our house for another six months? But people on the right are like, well, all right, we've had it. We want to go back out. We get it. You know, we'll social distance. We want to go back out. Why has it become so political? Well, here's the problem where a lot of people don't realize. They're looking at Governor Cuomo's arbitrary dates that he's, okay, we'll do it April, whatever, May 15th, June. He's only allowed by the statute to extend it 30 days at a time. So it's a false sense of security that you think, okay, it's almost done. The deadline's coming. No, he's just going to keep bumping it and bumping yeah. it and bumping it. I mean, that's the problem here. And people looking at it, I've had people call me up about the laws to join and do it like, yeah, but it's going to end, you know, June 6th or whatever. Like, no, it's not. Wait until June rolls around. So, so you, Joe, if I understand you correctly, what you're saying is that uh, we should all be cured and done with this on November 4th, right? Yes. No, actually, <laughs> the day after we'll be cured. <laughs> what what is, what is it? November third is the election. Yeah, I, I, I forget the third or the fourth. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the fourth is the day that uh, we're rid of. Uh, <laughs> well, depending, it all depends on who wins. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's sad though. I mean, I. I no, Joe. What I what I hate is when they say I believe in science, <laughs> as if oh I don't I don't because I I'm a little conservative. I don't believe the problem, science. though, too, is just that, yeah. you know, it keeps changing the science. Yeah. You have, uh, you know, you collected this. So don't wear a mask. You don't have to. It's OK to socialize. You can be in. Then two days later, you, everybody has to stay home. Oh, and now you have to wear a mask. So oh. it's like, you know, you can't lie to the, the people and then change your mind. Uh, uh, you at the risk of looking like you're not really 100% sure what's going on. So nobody really knows for sure what's going on. Well, the, the big numbers of the new people that tested positive had sheltered in place and had quarantined. Right. They were back, like, how did they test but, positive? They did everything. You know what? Since I got you, since we got you, Joe, and, yeah. uh, you know, I know you're such a big fan of Cuomo. What do you think <laughs> about what, what's going to be the repercussions of, um, of this whole thing with the hospital, I mean, with the nursing homes? Well, what, what I'm doing is I'm, I'm trying to gather some of the facts and try to, to find out, you know, like get the good numbers. And I'm gonna be drafting, there's something in County Law 701, which allows the chief judge of that county to appoint a special district attorney to investigate cases like that or something where there's a conflict of interest. I'm sure every one of these DAs has a conflict with uh, the big ragu over there. So 
and, and they wouldn't want to be adverse to him. His reputation as being a bully intimidates people. So it'd be so much easier to just sign off and find someone who really doesn't care about what a bully he is. <clears throat> Judge, judges for watching. And I just happened to be available to conduct this investigation into the nursing homes. And I would investigate. Well, he passed the book. He passed the book. He admitted, he admitted that he was wrong on television. But now when he, when he has to answer the questions, he keeps saying, well, I was following what uh, the president said in the CD. What, a, what a weasel, right? Isn't that just so convenient? But yeah. a lot of people don't realize he's saying he was following the president and the CDC. Well, when the president was talking about hydroxychloroquine and how good it was and it was getting results, he issued an executive order prohibiting pharmacists pharmacies from distributing it to anyone other than the FDA approved uh, use for it. So you had no problem going against the president when he was touting the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine. But right. when it came to the, the nursing homes, it's just, it, it's so hypocritical. And here he is releasing inmates because he's worried about them being in this closed, confined area. Yeah. Oh, but the old folks, we don't, we don't need them. Don't worry. And Joe, I, I loved when he, I loved when he said, "You want to blame it on someone? Blame it on me." Then all of a sudden, he realizes he's like, "Oh, don't blame it on me." Oh, <laughs> all of a sudden, he's not a tough guy anymore. You know. You know. And now he altered the counting. Now, uh, from what I understand, as it was reported, they no longer count as a nursing home death, someone who's sick and critical and has to go to a hospital and dies in the hospital. They no longer count that as a nursing home death when in fact it really is because right. that's where they you know, became gravely ill. So you wanna know where the hotspots are. If you're not gonna count them, you're not gonna know. Well, Joe, nationally, 42% of the COVID deaths are nursing homes. 42%. Very disturbing. But I looked at some of the numbers. You know, in New York State, it's so expensive for these, uh, you know, Medicaid state-run facilities where a lot of people are. And a lot of the people who died were. So, like, on average, it's like 11000 and change per month per person. So, when you add that up, 5,400 people, you're in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Is it possible that that's what he's thinking? Let me release all these inmates and let me, you know, not worry about them getting sick. He also gave civil and criminal immunity to the healthcare workers. What? What is he doing? You know, I just think it, it it's criminal what he did. He set the stage for the worst possible outcome. And they didn't have a chance. Joe, Daniel, Dan Bibb is on the air. He said to say hello to all of us. Hey, man. Your compadre. Dan's, Dan's a great guy. I tried Dan, Dan worked with, with Andy Cuomo. That's what he calls him. He worked with Andy Cuomo and he played basketball against him on Irving Place. And Andy wouldn't go to the bar after because he didn't want to buy a round. So Andy worked at the Manhattan DA's office. Yes, yes. It was there. It was right after he left there that he sued me. He was in private practice for a short period. Then I think he went to the HUD. Why did he sue you? 
it was a stupid case. I mean, I, I made a car stop. It was on Houston and Allen, I think. And it was a red light. So I pulled this Jeep over and it was a young lady in there. So I don't think she had her license. So I, I run her license. But she had a name that was not clear masculine or feminine. You know, like you, now that I think about it, you know, after the fact. So I ran the name and the, the dispatcher says, oh, we got a warrant, gave a general description. I was like, okay, I told her. She was terrified. She was like, what do you mean I got a warrant? I was like, look, we'll just go back to the precinct, check it out, see if it's you. Uh, so I bring it back to the precinct. I'm searching on the SP9 there, trying to get the warrant. I can't find the warrant. So I call the dispatcher. I'm like, where's, where's this warrant? She's like, I got it right in front of me. I'm like, give it to me again. What do you have there? She goes, oh, I have uh, a, uh, a male, white, six foot. What? I was like, whoa, you got a male? I got a female. So, so I cleared the warrant. Little problem. I cleared the warrant, gave her the summons, and let her go. Yeah. Detained for 20 minutes. And he sues me. So it got dismissed. Yeah. But it was just comical. Have you ever run into him since? No. Well, I, I tried to get him during the uh the Columbus Day parade. I was down there, it was during the campaign. I was trying to get over there. So I, I just, I'm waiting for that light bulb moment when he realizes it's me. Dan Bibb said he was a pretty good basketball player, but he was a sore loser. <laughs> Not a shocker to me. I don't know. <laughs> Dan's a good guy. I tried this case uh, in federal court. The first, first federal trial I had, um, it was a good case. We were in front of uh, Judge Sterling Johnson, who, I don't know if you know, he used to Narcotics, be- Narcotics, right? He was a police officer, narcotics. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a funny story. Like after he got convicted, but our goal going in there was to like lessen the, uh, the fall for him. So uh, I'm at the sentencing and I'm talking to the judge. I'm like, wow, judge, it was great, you know, working with you uh, for my first trial, whatever. So then uh, the the U.S. attorney was there with his supervisor. He says, you know, Judge, it was a pleasurable trial. I enjoyed working with Mr. Murray. It was my first trial, too. So then my client leans over and he goes, hey, Judge, it was my first trial, too. <laughs> <laughs> so he gave one year probation, you know, concurrent on each charge. It was, it was great. Hey, Joe, what do you think about that, the uh, head of the medical th uh, thing for the city that said, made that comment about you. Oh my God, can you believe that? Is that so indicative of this de Blasio ministry? Oh yeah. That, why does she still have a job? Because she's doing what he wants her to do. That, that's the disdain that he, his wife, they all have for us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's shocking. I was thinking also though, if you would have went back 20 years and that same person said that to Louis Anamone, would she have left in tears? Yeah. Would he have reduced her to about two feet tall? Absolutely. What did I don't know what, uh, you know. It's just outrageous. And, and to tolerate something like that, I mean, your first responders, your police that you constantly throw into harm's way with this social distancing, as if we don't have a PR problem already. And now you're throwing cops into this unwinnable situation trying well, to trust people. He, he said that, uh, 
He said that the beaches uh, are going to be closed and he's got some fences there just in case people try to get in the water. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just thinking like, at best, what is what is a, a beach detail look like? And for our fans who don't know what I'm talking about, it's there's a certain amount of cops who are going to be pulled out of their uh, respective police commands where they work. And then they're going to be mm -hmm. shipped down to work for the whole summer at Coney Island or at Rockaway or Brighton or Manhattan Beach. Yeah. Uh, these are beaches that that span that whole coastline there uh, heading out to Long Island. And, you know, there's, you know, you have hundreds of thousands of people going to these beaches. Now, um, what's going to happen when there's, you know, a lot of people that want to go on the beach and there's 25 cops that are going to tell them they can't? <laughs> you know, I was talking. I was talking about this with a, a, a friend yesterday, and uh, just from bantering back and forth, we were like, "You know what? I would probably be disbarred for suggesting it because, as a lawyer, you can't advocate for people to commit crimes. But I believe there's got to come a point in time where the people come together. Let's pick a date. So, like." Well, just so you don't say it, I'll say it because I'm not a lawyer. There has to be a time where the people come together and yeah. say, fuck this. Yeah. I'm going on the beach. Yeah, exactly. And listen, I got it. I had this idea and I want to run it past you because um, obviously because you're an attorney. But I was thinking, why don't these businesses form a coalition? So, for example, if you're a business and you're on First Avenue, why not take between 50th Street and First Avenue and 60th Street take all the businesses that are shut down right now, we hire a lawyer like Joe Murray, who's great, and we uh, we form a coalition and we all open up on the same day. And all our summonses go to that one lawyer and he's gonna go fight him in court. And in the meantime, we start a lawsuit. And it's uh -huh. all of us, and you do that chunks all over the city where you form a coalition, you get a lawyer, you get an attorney, an office, and you just, and all together collectively. Yeah, And the only reason why I think you won't get 100% uh, compliance is because some of these businesses were so close to going under before that they're just riding it right, right, right now just to get this whatever money's going to come to them. And then yeah. they're not going to open anymore anyway. Well, because unfortunately, they put the police in the middle of this. They're going to ask them to enforce this administrative code violation, right? It's like when cops were ordered to do stop, question, and frisk. And you see what the disaster that was. And then the politicians walk away and smelling like a rose, like, well, Bloomberg, he was the cause of that with Ray Kelly, the overinflated stop, question, and frisk. And as a result, the police had to live with the, you know, the wrath of the community from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, I remember I was in a 115 and my uh, I turned in my report, whatever, I get it back. Jimmy Hall was the CEO at the time. And uh, it has big letters on the back of it. No 250s. I was like, no 250s. Like, what are you saying? And I have to go get them if I don't encounter someone that I stop and, and toss. Now you're telling me I have to go find people? You know, that, yeah. that bread. Yeah, that was the beginning of the end right there. Yeah. yeah. But let me ask you, what do you think about the idea for the coalition? Or coalitions. Brilliant. And they already have these business districts. You know, I think they call them. Business. They, know, they already have them. All they have to do is 
whatever coalition you're part of, I, I, no, I, I am just so amazed. I, I am just baffled. There are 175,000 lawyers who are sitting at home. They're sitting at home. They, they can well, do it from home. Why? Yeah, here's, a, here's the thing, too. If you just take a, a, a moment to think about this, New York City has a law. And mind you, I'm an idiot, but I think I might have this correct. New York City has this law where if you're a business and um, the lease is up, you're 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 allowed to co uh, to to collect what is the going rate for your business for for that amount of real estate in that area, and if you can't match that, you can stay shut until you can, and in the meantime, you'll get a tax reduction for that property. So if that's the case then we're fucked because you're going to walk around all through New York City and there's just going to be nothing but abandoned commercial real estate. Those people that didn't want, that was barely staying afloat, took their money and ran. They'll probably open up another business somewhere down the line. Uh, that's vacant real estate. The person's not going to fill it because they're waiting for what used to be the value of this neighborhood now that's collapsed. Mm -hmm. yeah. But they still have this, tra this uh, tax structure where they don't have to put people in and vacate the premises because they're getting a tax break on the property. Exactly. You know, it, it, I, during the campaign when I was doing uh, the Columbus Parade and stuff, I, I don't really go to Astoria that much. I couldn't believe Steinway, Play Street, Steinway, the closed stores. Yeah, but I don't understand Steinway, for example, because uh, I grew up in Astoria. I just don't understand why those businesses uh, are, are, are vacant there because people still would shop there. Why would you want to go to Queens Mall when you could just go to Steinway? You know what I'm saying? It, so I, I, it has was, to be because of that law. No, but that, that's not what killed the brick, uh, brick and mortar. What killed the brick and mortar is people ordering online from Amazon. Yeah, but, no, but still, man. You got businesses up there and it shouldn't be like that. And I guarantee you, they're all waiting for Apple to come through or they're all waiting for, you know, these, these huge companies to, to take their storefront. And in the meantime, it's just going to sit and let this place rot. AOC and those other clowns, they didn't let that big business deal go down in Queens, right? They both yeah. did that. That would have brought a lot of jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that's a shame. Big jobs, too. Big jobs. But, you know, how do you guys feel about the fact that these big box stores are doing phenomenal now because they've eliminated their competition from the little guys? Yeah, no small business. That? Yeah. Me, personally, I will never go into those stores again if I don't have to because of what I think is just unfair. And you know what? When I think about it, Maybe these are the guys who are donating all the money. I want to start checking the campaign finance. And yeah, it's interesting because where there's money up to allow these big stores who are making sure this shutdown stays as long as possible. And shame, shame on these people that are so comfortable with collecting their unemployment and just so comfortable with staying home. You know, they come out at seven o'clock at night, woo, for the first, you know, for the frontline workers. And don't get me wrong. They deserve all the accolades. Right. But unless you're walking down the street collecting them, who the fuck are you screaming for? You know what I'm saying? We get it. You did it. Right. You right. take your kids out. That's the one time a day they see the sunlight. What the fuck is going on here?
What is yeah, going on here that that's your one time out? You, you're, you're okay with coming out once during the day. Well, what, now think about the consequences. Where is the money going to come from to now make up for all this spending that they're doing? I mean, the Blasio is just spending money hand over fist, putting people in hotels and food and, you know, like, <laughs> well, you're helping people. But well, he said, where is the money going to come from? He said he wanted $8.4 billion or he's not going to be able to open up the city. Holding, oh, holding the federal what? government hostage. Yeah. Or is he going to start dipping into the only asset they have, the pension funds? They can't let them touch that. They've tried to touch that before. You know, I don't think that Cuomo has made the, the state pension contribution since 2015. They're supposed to put in X amount a year. He doesn't do you know, it. I, I couldn't understand when when uh, when this thing really hit and the market was dropping. Our controller, uh, Danapoli, who I thought was a decent guy, he takes fifty million dollars out of the pension fund to put towards the small business loans. Now I know I'm not a rocket scientist when it comes to finance, but when you take fifty million dollars out after the market dropped, you know, ten thousand points. And are we going to get that money back? These are small businesses who may end up going under. Right. So what is that going to do to the pension fund? Why do they always mess with the pension fund? It's just scary. Yeah. Maybe you're that's right. Maybe, maybe, that's the, maybe that's one of the end results is to, uh, to get to a point where you break this. Uh, I, like, I don't know the legality of it, but I, I just know that how many millions of people are, are you know, former firemen, uh, cops, uh, you know, EMS, corrections, teachers too. But, but here's what I want to just, I'm not doing this purposely to scare you, but think about this. A lot of our retirees, a lot of our members move on. They go down south, they move out. So just take a step back and look at the macro approach here. There are millions of dollars leaving New York City and New York State Every month, the first of the month, direct deposited into other jurisdictions that are staying there. They're spending it there. So, and they can't vote here. So now you've given, you know, the elected officials here somewhat of an incentive because you have no say over what they do anymore because you're out, out of state. Money's going out of state. It's not staying here. So... You know, it, it's kind of like and there's no retirees moving over here to New York. You know what I'm saying? There's not like an abundance of North Carolina cops moving back, moving to New York. I, I, you know, I think a cop in Alabama coming to New York. It's a dangerous scenario where too many, because you know, if if there were enough people here to fight about it and vote them out, we can't. We can't. And they're living longer. I mean, cops are living longer. Absolutely. It's not like, uh, you you know, it used to be that, you, you know, you ret he retired. If you lived five years after that, it was a lot. I remember when you first came on the job, the old timers would say, hey, take a pension loan every six months. It's your money. <laughs> that was the worst advice you could have ever gotten, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we all did it. <laughs> <laughs> I stopped doing it after a while. I was like, wait. Uh, let's see. I, I, I took one right to the end. <laughs> I made sure that I cleared mine up, though, before I retired. Um, you got to do that. Yeah. Smoke as many cigarettes as you can. 
be overweight, drink after work, and take a pension loan every six months. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. That was the logic. What? So, hey, let me ask you, Joe. How, how, uh, so, work, how do you keep busy now? Like, what, what is your day like? Are you kidding me? I'm, like, going around the clock. I did a uh, – we do this uh, Skype arraignments now. Someone gets arrested, we, which is incredible. I do it right from home. First, you, they call you up. You send your notice in that you represent so-and-so. They put him into a pen with a camera, and it's, you know, secured, so it's just us, confidential. I talk to the client, explain what happened, then I tell him, you know, what to expect when we go for the arraignment, and then they plug you in just like this. You have the judge, you have the DA, you have the court clerk. Do you do the arraignment in front of that flag, like your patent? Like yeah, this is, my, this is my office. <laughs> no one ever won a war. <laughs> That's right. So uh, yeah, so so I'm busy. I'm doing I'm doing a lot of stuff, a lot of research. Like this is what I love about my job. Like I can sink my teeth into issues like this. I have been going around the clock trying to find stuff, ways to attack him. But I mean, part of it was a little painful because to study what's happening, I have to look at all his stupid press conference videos. You know, with my gay. Like, to watch, uh, man. Him talking about his meatballs and yeah, yeah, yeah. To watch, man. Every I, every old woman is important. He said that a month ago. Now I was like, hey, fuck, I'm dead dying. Hey, what can I do? He really I said that. Know. He really said, hey, old oh, people did. die. Oh, what are you gonna do? I was like, hey, people die. That's, that's every that's every person is important, and now all of a sudden it's like, yeah. oh, old people die. That's what are you gonna do? All of a sudden he's not responsible. People <laughs> die. That's really. Uh, you'll be born, you die. So uh, he was born to be a politician, man. He's got it in his DNA. That fuck. <laughs> yeah, he's some. Who's my boat? Hey, what do you mean that's closed? I had, I, I honestly, man, I had a lot more respect for his dad. I yeah. really did. I don't know, you know, even though uh, I, I, you know, I was a younger person at that time, and you mentioned uh, how you know everybody seems to have an opinion on politics. I wasn't really thinking about politics when I was that young. Yeah. Uh, I remember him being the governor, and I remember him, you know, seeming like a pretty decent guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, unfortunately, I think, uh, you know, this guy is something else. You know, that whole Moreland Commission that he, he impaneled, but when they got too close to him, okay, we don't need this anymore. Yeah. I like think the guy is just so obvious. Well, yeah, I think, I think. So many uh, phone calls from people who are giving me little information about stuff he's been involved in and, you know, look at this. I think, I think there's a whole cachet of stuff that would come out if he did actually run for president. Yeah. Um, it's just sitting there waiting. You know, when you want to get up to the big table, they, they play poker with the big boys. Just to be in mind. I'm waiting to get Kavanaugh and, uh, you know, all the, all the girls from Midtown North. and <laughs> Now they're all going to be calling up. So I'm getting ready. Yeah. Are, you, are you like famous for this now, Joe? Everyone wants you on their talk show? It really is. I, I've been, you know, getting so many calls doing these podcasts and, and stuff like that, which is great. I love it because I want people to start standing up. We don't need the government to tell us what to do all the time. We are intelligent. We can protect ourselves and, and be careful and be courteous. We don't need to be snapped in the nose with a newspaper. I mean, 
it's just so upsetting to me that we're losing our freedom. We really are. They're taking well, even even as far as the second Second Amendment, he passed that. He threw that in with a budget, the Safe Act, right? And really, the Safe Act is is targeting law enforcement. We can't. Well, now that with the insurance thing, right? They want to add right. insurance to try to price you out. To try to price you out, owning a having a gun permit, yeah. Yeah. Well, also, too, I mean, if you look at that ridiculous uh, package that the the Democrats put forth, the Congress put forth, um, included in that package was uh, money going towards sanctuary states so they can fight the federal government. I mean, how stupid is that? It's like the federal government is going to give you money to fight the federal government. What the yeah. fuck is that? It's so <laughs> stupid. It's a, it's a $3 trillion you know, bill to help us, to give us money. But why does it have 1,800 pages? If you're just giving us money, I could do that in five pages. Yeah. Where's yeah, it? It's just the, the, anything that you could possibly sneak in there. Well, not even sneak in. I guess at some point you figure, because, you know, like if you write a script or something like that, or if you're, uh, let's say you're going to appear on a, on a nightly show as a comedian, yeah. you'll give them, you know, 10 jokes uh, you know, seven of them, which you know are not going to be able to make the air. So they're going to take those three jokes and that's what's going to be your set, which was what you really wanted to do anyway. Right. right. So if they sneak in all this garbage, they're going to get left with something in there. There's going to be, and it all has to do with the, the mail ballot, uh, the mail uh, ballots, mail-in ballots and uh, and all this other shit. You know what I'm it's saying? Undo Trump. From day one, that's been the mission. Let's recall Trump. Let's overturn the election. Let's impeach him. Let's scandalize him. Let's let's do anything. Well, if you think about it, I mean, it could be that it could just be like um, you know, you're gonna lose your, what 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 used to be like a politician or these career politicians when somebody who was a businessman that you know made money that you know you could see like on a piece of paper or a check that was written to him that earned money i mean how many of these people that are that have been in politics for so many years uh, you know have ever earned a, a penny legitimately outside of politics yeah you know they never owned a business i always think that you should have a vested interest in your community you know you should own a property own a business. Term, term limits is a dirty. It's a dirty word, just as as tort oh reform. Tort reform is a dirty word to attorneys, right? <laughs> well, but you know, tort. Oh, don't do a tap dance. <laughs> no, but listen. When, when you talk about, I I don't do a lot of civil stuff, but I'm doing more. But my my thinking is, it comes down to a jury. It comes down to you, the taxpayer. It comes down to you you know, the, who live with us in our community, who decides what it's worth. Why should we let some administrator, you know, it's like the healthcare. They want to control everything. If well, worth well that, do, you want, do you want a Bronx jury deciding your fate? <laughs> okay, hey, what's hey, a cop hey. to do? No, let me sir. ask you a question. What's a cop to do? Like, let's take these, uh, these cops that are in New Jersey that had to uh, summons that gym that opened up. Yeah. I would imagine that the first day you go to this location, you're probably going to be, you know, Mr. Nice Guy. And then when you leave there, there's going to be a phone call waiting for you. 
uh, why didn't you summons them? Uh, why didn't you lock anybody up? And that's your sector. So tomorrow when you go back to work, if they open up, you better do something. Otherwise, uh, you're going to be suspended. Now what? Well, I told Pam, I was like, tell Ed, tell everyone, if you find anyone that's being retaliated against because they don't want to enforce this, that's me. Give it to me. I will fight that case, file a lawsuit, go after them any way I can. I mean, this is why I love being a lawyer. When I was in on the job, I was tr they were trying to interrogate me with the uh, GO-15 on, on some bullshit thing that happened uh, with my ex. And uh, so it was outside my geographical area employment. It was off duty, had nothing to do with the police department, and there were no allegations. So why are you have the right to GO me. And I read the thing and then I started doing some research. I filed my own Article 78, went to the court, served them with it, bullshitted the whole time. You know, I was like, you know, Lieutenant Gary comes in, he's like, you know, we have the right to question you. I'm like, you're messing with a contempt charge. Go ahead if you want, you know. <laughs> but that's the way you fight back. You've got right. to get to the courts, you've got to be litigious. And you've got to get in their face and hold them responsible. Watch how fast they'll go, you know what? Let this guy's fighting me. Let me go to the next guy. Right, right. What happens to all these lawsuits from the people that feel like uh, they were giving a summons or stopped, harassed by the police because they weren't wearing a mask or because this, that, and the other. And now they're suing the police department because, you know, we, we tend to settle anyway. So, you know, yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you're out there doing your job, and now you're getting sued. Yeah, unfortunately. And now there's, it's very disturbing. I see all these, uh, first of all, 50, is it 50A? 50A, that uh, civil rights law that kept all of our personnel records confidential. I think that's going out the window. You know, they're looking to repeal that. There's already websites out there. I don't want to promote it, so I won't say it, where... They have so much information about lawsuits, what you earned last year, how much you made, your whole salary thing. There's so much information out there now about police officers. It, it, it's really unsettling. And now if they do away with this 50A, you know how the kangaroo court is and how the job is. But, you know, you're going to get found guilty of something no matter what. But now it looks like you're a bad cop because... Meanwhile, it was just you had a problem with a boss or something, you know? Well, how do, how do, how can police executives, the upper echelon of the police department, help their cops by, you know, basically telling the mayor, no, we're not going to do that. But they're not. <laughs> they're doing whatever he says. That's a nice idea, but the mayor is the chief executive. And rightfully so. If I was the mayor... Listen, this is my administration, so I'm going to put the people in place that are going to do the job, you know, and if you're not going to do it, I'm the one that's accountable to the voters. So right. as much as I dislike the guy, you know, that, that I would want the same thing. I'd want a guy doing, you know, what I want. It's disturbing, though, what they, they will tell the cops to do. I mean, to go into these uh, situations with improper equipment, to go into a major pandemic and you don't have a mask on. And in the beginning of it, I heard they were told not to wear masks because you're scaring the public. 
Oh my god! But like you're expendable because you we don't want to scare the public, you know. Right. They were actually told that. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's yeah, like the the air was safe. like uh, Blue Lives Matter kind of mess, and they told me you can't wear those. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what, what's so offensive about that? You know. What if you wore a skull and crossbones on it? I'm a pirate. <laughs> Yeah, but we're in trouble, and that's why I love this this uh, Inside Blue 360. Like, we need to have a voice and get that dialogue out there and start pulling people together to get behind issues and fight for stuff. And, you know, it's a place you can go to to learn more information. So I, I think it's great. You, guys you know, I'm a, I'm a bit uh, – I always notice sometimes, you know, patterns in, in, in situations like uh, – I'll give you a quick one. I always thought that the nurse that showed up at Ground Zero – uh, pa uh, packing. She had a firearm on her from out of state. She was licensed, never been arrested in her whole life. I always felt like that was, uh, you know, uh, the NRA send her, sending her in there to break this precedence uh, uh, that we had set up in New York, where it was a mandatory prison sentence for anybody caught with a, a firearm that wasn't supposed yeah. to, you know, illegal firearm. So I don't know whatever happened with her case, but I know for a fact that sometimes those situations are created uh, to break what what's trying to become a law or a new law. I disagree. Maybe that does happen, but it's not that uncommon. And we see it a lot in Queens County because we have two airports. And that's something that... Well, we she came down here. She drove down here. It wasn't an airport. Uh, that's just... But my, my point wasn't that. My point was that if you did a, a counter-strike, you know, 10 people walking down the street with no masks, you know, in a group uh, together and just keep walking past the, the police until they do something. And then, you know, it's all recorded. And then you just, you know, that's, that's your basis for a last lawsuit. We weren't doing anything. We were just walking. Right. Um, and uh, we got attacked by the police and, and whatever, you know, if the thing escalates, it, it, it makes for better television too, but it makes for a better lawsuit. You know, because th those are strategies that are, are used, you know, constantly every day, you know, well, every cop knows that it's, it's tougher to enforce a discount than it is to grab a robber, because the person that's disorderly is going to fight you to the death. And then when you have to use physical force, you're going to get sued. What you? Oh, what did he do? He didn't break the law. Right. Is that not the truth? So now enforcement. Listen, we saw that with Pantaleo. Oh, he, he he was selling loose cigarettes. Why did you have to kill him? You know, right, like right. put people, you know. Yeah. The mayor ordered me to. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem too. It's like, you know, it, it, what what to enforce, what not to enforce. I mean, that uh my hero, the guy, I, I forget what his name was, the cop, Fernando Garcia, something like that, from uh from he was working in uh, Alphabet City over there. I think he stopped some. Uh, there were actually, pro I think what happened was they were smoking pot, but it wasn't the pot that brought the cop over, the cops over there. It was the fact that they were smoking pot together, like instead of like doing a one hitter, and you know, because yeah. they're not gonna bother you for the pot. It was the fact yeah. that they were all doing it together. So they try to break up that social distancing, and that escalated into uh, a fight where you know he had his knee on on. Uh, one guy's neck, which is a great move, by the way. I, it's, yeah, yeah. And then he ran over and he said, don't square up on me. Then he slapped the shit out of that guy, put his knee on him. And I love that guy. He can handle himself. That guy. Now, now he's modified, though. 
Yeah, I know. I know what you're saying, but that how, how did that result from a social distancing? Uh, exactly. you know, tell them to break it up. They shouldn't even be involved in that. I mean, I think it's illegal. It's unconscious. You're a cop right now. Yeah, you know, definitely not right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be doing social distancing. I wouldn't be uh, masks. You know what I'm saying? It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't pay to get involved in that incident on both ways, whether where you fall politically or not. The right. ramifications of it, it could. Re, it's never going to end up well for you. It's never going to end well, and and like that Aragona case, you know, something so little, social distancing, wearing a mask, going into the subway could end tragically. Right. Who's going to hold the, who's going to get caught holding the bag? The poor cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's amazing to me, Joe, is that every night I see on Walter Wazalewski's site, people are still making gun collars. I can't believe it. They're still bringing guns in. Yeah, but you you can't take the cop out of people, you know. I know. Look, I take my head off to them. Look, I did six and a half years in plain clothes. You're in street crime, so yeah. you don't have to tell me that. But I wasn't under the circumstances they're under right now. Yeah. And they're still making gun collars. Unbelievable. You know? And, you know, this whole idea about um, what's going on, especially around the country. I looked at a video the other day. It was like 1,500 people at a party in, Fl in Florida. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And people go back and forth. What's going on? <laughs> back and forth to Florida, driving down there. Like, like nothing's going on here. So... I mean, at some point, it's just the ridiculousness of it is just insane because you really don't know just going out of your house if you can get it, who this person is that you're dealing with. Did they just come back from that party in Florida? That was great. It was yeah. 1,500 people until they got broken up by the cops. Right, but, right. And then you go to Williamsburg and they, they, they closed down a school. Like those people, God bless them, the Hasids, they're so secular. They just do what the fuck they want to do. Like they don't care what's going on. They're still going to school. They still no, have classes. I, I would represent them. I would represent them. Let them. They have a right to do it. They have a right. I wish these churches would call me. How dare you shut down a church and tell I know. That's the that's, uh, Department of Justice is looking into that right now. I mean, that that's that's... The, the holy sacraments of, of the church like you yeah even drive even drive up once uh the people were summoned how like, do you do drive up what, what what's the problem right now i, I don't get what it what is the agenda right now constitutional a hundred percent a hundred percent if doctors are in the hospitals and they're wearing masks and they're fine why can't we wear a mask and go to church i don't get it and if you're not comfortable in the United States, you have the freedom to walk out. You have that right. You don't have to be there. You don't have to go. This should not be happening. We're being treated like babies right now. And um, we shouldn't be. Because the person that you probably will affect, if you do get infected from being, um, you know, from not being cautious, is probably going to be somebody in your family when you go home. And nobody wants to do that. But but that's where, unless you have someone who's lacks the capacity at home to help themselves or protect themselves, we all know what's going on. There is not a person on this earth that doesn't know what's happening. So if I have some vulnerable person at home, we'll have that conversation and we'll talk about it and we'll take preventative measures. 
I mean, that's what responsible people do. And then if you don't do that, then that's your fault. It's not the government's fault. Why is it the government's fault? I mean, you know, you can't fix stupid with some people. I just, I just can't. Yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough sell to tell people to stay home and they can't go to the beach when it's 95 degrees in the middle of June. It's not going to happen. I got to tell you, we need to just on a united front, pick a date, say like 4th of July. That's our Good drop. Date, man. That's our drop dead date. Everything. You think it's the, this New York State's still going to be closed on July 4th? Absolutely. Absolutely. They're going to drag this out. Look what he did with the hospitals, with the nursing homes now, uh, the elderly in the hospitals. If you have COVID in a hospital, you can't leave that hospital until you test negative. So <laughs> some people stay, stay positive for, for months. <laughs> but, but honestly, that's what he's so doing. So you're going to move in there? That's going to And the criteria to open up is your hospital capacity. So he's artificially inflating the hospital capacities by forcing people to stay there. That, that's outrageous. Well, in the beginning, I think what the problem was that once you got better, he was sending you, they couldn't, they couldn't save the hospital bed, so you'd quarantine in a nursing home. Well, they would the problem was. You, to, you, you would go there to get stabilized and then go back. But the nursing homes were saying, no, we can't handle them because we're overrun. Oh, because we have very sick people. They wouldn't send them to the Javits Center. They wouldn't put them on the comfort. They said, no, you have to take them. That's criminal. I mean, that's just absolutely criminal. When a nursing home says, I can't handle any more of these people, I have a vulnerable population, and you force them to take them, that's outrageous. Yeah, you know, in hindsight, when you think about it, I know what they wanted to do was give the COVID patients the hospital and everybody else put on the boat and, and uh, Javits Center. Um, they didn't, it just, it never, they didn't ever have enough people to, to keep, to sustain these, these makeshift hospitals. When it should have been the other way around, they should have put the COVID people out of the way, put those on the hospital. They could stay there wherever they want. You want to run around the boat for two weeks, go nuts, check it out. They should have had. They should have had that boat doing a cruise around Manhattan. Like a I know. <laughs> but really, if you know that our vulnerable population are the elderly in our population, that should have been priority number one. They should have been social distanced. They should have been spread out. Put them on the comfort. Put them in the jail center. But instead, he was more worried about the jails and the prisons. Yeah, that was important. Too closely confined there. Because he didn't give a shit about the elderly. Yeah. And you know what? You know what be wouldn't be such a big problem too, if everybody just can admit that you know, hey, listen, we didn't really know what was going on. Mistakes were made. We wish we could have done it better. We saved as many lives as we could. But what happened is because this thing is so politicized that if I'm going to bash Trump for starting, uh, you know, a week late or two weeks late, whatever it was that they're claiming uh, that they should have started, then. Obviously, I'm going to pass the buck. I'm going to blame somebody else for the deaths in the nursing home. So it's just like back and forth, back and forth. Instead of everybody just saying, "Yo, we listen, we're trying our best," and let's we that's, that would be a unified country doing that. I just see it a little different when it comes to these guys because I look at it just 
you know, in the context of what it is. We have a third-term governor, a third-term governor who sat back and watched hospitals closing and closing and closing year after year without thinking, hey, we were the number one terrorist target. We got hit at 9-11. We have first responders today who are still suffering and dying because they didn't have proper equipment. We better make sure that we can handle something if it happens. He did nothing. We have a third term governor and a second term mayor pointing fingers at a first term president, right. blaming him why they're not prepared. Well, but that's the truth though. They get a good PowerPoint presentation. Your budget is your budget. You're allowed to do whatever you want with your budget. And if you allocate some money on the side um, towards, uh, PPEs or whatever you need, ventilators, God forbid something happens. But nobody ever was doing that. They were always hedging their bets and we're spending the money City. on some other nonsense. We're in New York City. If it's gonna happen, it's gonna happen here. Okay. How are we not prepared? How are your police not prepared? How do they not have masks? How do you not? My daughter working in a hospital. They said you can only have one mask for the week. Yeah, working in the hospital with infected people. Yeah, that's that's outrageous. They should all be fired. I mean, I, any one of these guys. But, but yet he does his presentation every day, and you see all the comments from people across the country. Oh, he's wonderful! What a leader! Oh, they don't. don't it. It. I mean, am I making any sense? A third-term governor who's lived here his whole life. Yeah, he watched these hospitals close. Are you not thinking if there's a disaster, what are we going to do? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to blame Trump. Yeah. My, I'll <laughs> blame Trump. And people are buying it. That's what I, I, I just can't fathom. Why can't we look at the context of what, what's really happening here? Shocking. Well, it's good that we have somebody like you who's uh, taking the initiative and taking on these uh, these big time lawsuits and uh, has a good head on their shoulders. And hopefully, you know, some of these, you know, conditions will be corrected and they won't happen again in the future. That's the best you could hope for. Yeah. I don't know. I, to tell you the truth, I don't see I don't see great things happening in New York in the future because it, the electorate is so bad. They're going to elect another clown as mayor in two years. Yeah. There's three guys in line. I don't even want to mention their names to inflate their value, but they keep electing these progressives that are just destroying this city. It took 30 years for the crime to go down 70% in New York City. It'll take five for it to jack back up. It's starting to go up again. You know? It is. It is. You know, I hear a lot of people that are telling me, oh, you should run for this, you should run for that. You know, I'm getting uh, out with the tomato, in with the potato, you know, I'm hearing that stuff. I have no interest whatsoever. The one job I want and I wanted was the district attorney because that is the most powerful job. I don't care, governor, mayor. If you have, if I was governor and I had to deal with that legislature, nothing would get done. We'd be fighting left and right. It would be completely useless. But as district attorney, with grand jury subpoena power and have my own team DA squad going after corruption, that's what I want to do. 
Yeah, but how would you uh, feel right now in a situation where, you know, with this bail reform, the queen, the district attorneys, they don't really have any say so. It's the law. They got to follow that. Right. We have to deal with play the, the cards that were dealt. But as far as the corruption that's going on, I can't stand to see this mayor continually appointing his wife and giving her budgets. And what are her qualifications? She got a billion dollars for that Thrive NYC. What's the result of that? Oh, let's give her another job. Let's give her another budget. I want to investigate that. Nobody's investigating it. I mean, I, that that's what I want to do. I want to be the, you know, the, the person checking into all this stuff. I mean, the governor with all his stuff. Just give me that one little job. Trust me. I will make things happen. <laughs> all right. Well, what do you think, Bill? Uh, I think we uh, we covered a lot of stuff tonight. I don't know, Joe. Uh, I I'm I'm glad you're doing what you're doing because someone there has to be a checks and balances against this government and against this governor and yeah. the usual people that are on the ACLU and these people that cry when someone you know steps on attack they're unhurt no one they're not being hurt from because yeah. it's their it's their guy you know it's too close to home it's just incredible. Though. You know, you can't fight for pe people's rights who their right is going against what <laughs> what you're fighting for, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's... Uh, Sadly, but... Hey, there's a petition or something that, that you need signed, or is, is there something like that out there we could share with people? I have to wait. Melinda Katz is likely to run for mayor. I don't know of any other women who are running, so... She, if she wins, then that spot is vacated. I'll run again. I'm looking forward to it. I just I just can't see myself. You know, after I lost the election, she was the borough president. So by winning the election, she vacated the office. So everybody kept telling me, oh, listen, you should run for borough president. You're already out there. You have your team. You do, to do what? What does the borough president do? Cut ribbons, walk around, go yeah. What, what do they do? I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to do and make a difference and do the job to make this a better place. I, I don't want to go to parties and, you know, cut ribbons. And I don't know what the bar, I still to this day don't know what the bar president does. <laughs> he doesn't do anything. That's why. <laughs> so um, if, you're, if you're a cop out there and you're being asked to do something, that you don't believe in, or you get uh, you get reprimanded by your boss, and you feel like it's in retaliation to not following through uh, on a specific order. If they're retaliating against you, uh, give Joe Murray a call. Uh, yeah. he, do you have a website there? You know, Mike. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, what is it, Joe? What Jay Murray? <laughs> you can't even remember. <laughs> I can't remember. I feel like Joe Biden. It's J M U R R A Y dash L A W dot com. That's your email. And that's your website too? That's my website. I gotta just check to make sure. Okay. There it is. There it is. Oh, you should write it on your hand like when you used to take tests, remember? <laughs> but it's so funny because, you know, I, my, is that right? Yeah, yeah. J Murray. So, uh, my office is right across the street from the courthouse. And it's so funny because I used to be a cop in Queens. So, you know, like just, there were a couple of DAs that are still there that I, that I encountered while I was on patrol. 
But there was a little like uh, coffee shop to the side over there. And every morning I would go in for my breakfast and whatever cops were there, I would just pay the bill and walk out. Like, cause I, I know cops panic, you know, especially now with corruption stuff. So, uh, and I, I, I just felt like these poor cops, the way they're being treated, that whole water bucket dumping uh, that was going on. I was so disgusted. Now you got that lawyer money, man. What's that? You got, you got that lawyer money. money. <laughs> it was just, you know, I, I just really felt I got to do something for the cops. You know, when the opportunity arose to, to run, you know, I, I really just got behind that. And I can't speak enough about Pantaleo. I mean, I, I dissected that video. We were all on the job. You know, when somebody's getting a couple extra shots and there's some personal animus, that guy was the ultimate professional. He was calm. He was disinterested altogether. He's walking around. He's not even looking. It wasn't like they were in each other's face. He took down this 350-pound man in seconds. Seconds. Got up and walked away. He wasn't there to hurt him. Yeah. And, and this is what they do to him. I will call out cops when, they, when I think they're wrong, but that was so upsetting to me to watch what he went through. Well, that was brilliant, man. That's brilliant the way you put it. Um, we got your name. We got it out there. Hopefully, you'll come back and join us again. Hold on. I want to talk a few things. Uh, we've been, Mark and I have been doing this um, police off the cuff after hours on Zoom, obviously, because we haven't been back in the studio. We're going to be going back into the studio in a week or two. And uh, Police Off the Cuff is the best kick-ass podcast on Inside Blue. Not only on Inside Blue, it's one of the best. We, have, we were chosen as the, the fourth up-and-coming law enforcement podcast in the country. I heard fourth, fourth in the whole nation. Yeah, so we'll blow our horns, right? But we're going to be busting out. We're going to be driven around by Victoria's Secret models and Cadillac Escalators, <laughs> you know? But um, it's Inside Blue 360, if you're a cop and you have a great story and you want to come on the show, let us know. Just email us at InsideBlue360.com. Pam Leone, you can talk to her. If you have a great story, we're willing to talk to you. You got to get to say Mark. Uh, I want to thank Joe for once again being a guest on our show. You, it was very informative. You pumped me up. You, I, I have a, nothing but respect for you. You're, you're a brave guy, and I hope that um, that more people jump on this uh, and start realizing what's happening right now to us and that we're losing our freedoms. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get you back in studio, Joe, in, in, in a not-too-distant future. Absolutely. Things are going to happen quick with this case, so there'll be a lot. I hope so. I hope so. We want to have you back, and we, we, we'll, we'll talk about it some more. Fantastic. You know, on the bottom of the screen here, you, it's it actually has your uh, – your email address, Joe at JoeJMurrayLaw.com. So it yeah, pops it up there. Yeah. All, All right. right. So uh, on behalf of Police Off the Cuff, uh, I want to say thank you for tuning in again. Those of you who did, um, Bill, I'll talk to you again tomorrow or later on tonight. And thanks again, Joe. Thank you, guys. Take thanks, care. everyone, for watching, for listening. Thank you. Yeah.
I'm like Joe Biden. Robert Cantone and Sergio Mazzini. 